You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Nowhere else right now can you find daily Carolina Panthers coverage of training camp than right here, Locked On Panthers, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, TuneIn. You know where to find us. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council over on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's start today's show by talking about the quarterback competition going on here in Carolina. And more importantly, let's talk about why there even is a quarterback competition going on here in Carolina. For those who didn't watch the show here on YouTube, I mentioned our cold open before starting off the show that there's a lot of times when I do the weekly Friday mailbag where I get questions after I've already recorded and I have to wait till the next week to answer those questions. And this time, I don't want to wait because this is a question I've gotten from multiple people, whether it's been for the mailbag or them just DMing me on Twitter and just trying to figure out what's going through Matt Rule's head and why is Sam Darnold out there taking first team snaps when we already saw him play absolutely horribly last year and a three year prior back when he was with the New York Jets. And that is an absolutely valid question. And the question came from Abby, one of the listeners to the podcast, and I appreciate her support and everyone else's support who listens. And she says, Baker seems to have already become a clear fan favorite for the starting job. Is there a realistic scenario in which Baker is our backup? Seems a bit ridiculous. I know it's all about execution on the field, but I can't imagine Sam trotting out against the Browns for game one with all the fans calling for Baker. Your thoughts? She also said, this quarterback battle means that the eventual starter will only get have gotten half the starter reps in training camp. Do you think this that splitting reps will come back to bite them those are all reasonable points and we'll talk a little bit more about Matt Corral and whether he can ever factor in and just kind of reps that he's gotten because there's someone on this roster who might be taking away reps for him that doesn't really make any sense why we would do that when we're trying to develop Matt Corral at least as we as in the Carolina Panthers organization and Scott Bitter and Matt Rule and whatever plan that they have there with the future of the quarterback position but yeah Baker Mayfield the day he got traded here July 6th was going to be the starting quarterback in my opinion I understand that they want to have the pretense of a quarterback competition and that they've spent all year talking about how they're going to add to this room or all offseason, how they're going to add to the room, and they did that with Matt Corral. But at the very onset of it, they said that we want to take things slow with Matt, which told me right then and there that he was not going to compete for the starting job, which is why I was still on board with the Carolina Panthers going out there and trying to bring somebody in, and the most likely candidate was Baker Mayfield, who is now, of course, here in Carolina. Baker has been a better quarterback than Sam. 
through the first four years of their careers here in the NFL, whether it was Baker in Cleveland or Sam in New York and Carolina, Baker's been better. Yeah, he's ton, he's throwing a ton of interceptions, but he's also thrown a lot of touchdown passes, something that Sam Darnold has not done. Sam has been injured every year, has yet to play a full season. Baker only dealt with injuries last year where he sat out the last few games of the season when he had played through a torn labrum from week two all the way to week 15 of that year back in 2021. Baker is the better player. Both in the same draft, Baker went number one, Sam went number three. Plenty of teams might have looked at Sam as being more in, as being the guy who actually was number one, but the Browns took, took, took Baker number one overall. The thought here, and the assumption from me and everyone else there in the media, whether it's the Panthers local media, uh, whether it's this podcast, whether it's NFL Network, ESPN, CBS, NBC, Fox, everyone believes that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback. And that's why we're sitting here, and I'm sitting here, getting this question of, what are we doing here? What is the point of this competition, which I put in quotes, what is the point of that when clearly Baker Mayfield is the better player? Sam Darnold, from what I've seen so far, what I've read, because I, I sat there and watched the Saturday practice that they had with um, that was on Panthers, like Twitter and YouTube, whatever, however they streamed it. That we had streaming on the socials of Steve Smith, Taylor Zarzer. And from what I saw, it looked like Sam was a little bit better. But we know what Sam Darnold looks like in games. And it would not shock me, to be honest with y'all, if Sam Darnold looks better in practices than Baker Mayfield. But when they strap the pads up and actually go play against somebody else, Baker is going to be better than Sam. We've seen enough of Sam Darnold. We know who Sam Darnold is. So why, oh why, are we doing this? Matt Rule, who continuously talks about how, hey, those guys are going out there. They're playing well. They're doing this. They're doing that. I like to see this. I like to see that. I don't like to see that. I don't want to see that. We keep hearing it. And it just is exhausting in a way because it makes the most sense that the guy that you try to replace all offseason should not be taking starter reps when you got someone who's better than him now here on the roster. Right? That would make the most sense. And a world that made any sense, which this is not the world that we live in. And I understand where the Panthers are coming from. They went into the offseason wanting to add competition. They knew they had to add to the room. They knew that Sam also needed some help. And they've done that with the um, offensive line, I guess with the receiver room to a certain extent. And Sam Donald's back here. Looked better in mentor minicamp. They said it was day and night from what we saw a year ago. But still, we know what he looks like once we actually put the pads on and face other NFL defenses. Either way, I can understand where, okay, you bring in Baker, you bring in Matt Corral, that just triggers the switch in Sam Darnold to figure it out. He turns out to be the guy. If that's what happens, then great. But it's hard to believe that's going to happen just considering what we've seen. On the other hand, Baker Mayfield, you traded for him. You're not paying him a lot of money, so the financials of it aren't necessarily forcing you to play him like if anything you'd be forced to play Sam Darnold because he's getting paid nearly 19 million dollars this upcoming season but still you went out and sought someone to start over Darnold you tried to find an upgrade and you got that in Baker Mayfield you don't believe in Sam Darnold so why are we having a quarterback competition I see it both ways I see the Panthers just trying to see what they can do to push Sam forward if they really think that he could be the guy long term but also everything that they've done this offseason leads you to believe that they don't think he can be the guy long term and at the very least for this year especially Matt Rule trying to win and save his job then Baker Mayfield 
would be the guy. My hope is get this thing over with after the second preseason game. Or I don't even want to wait to the third preseason game. That's a dress rehearsal. Because that's the time where you already want to have your quarterback figured out right then and there. Because then, going to that week three preseason game, they can play that first half. They can do everything they need to do with the offense and getting ready to go before they sit out week four and then play Cleveland. I don't need it to be, all right, Baker, Sam, one of you gets the first quarter, then one gets to the second quarter with the ones, and then we'll figure it out after that. Because that's the way it really feel like it's going to head. Like for me, week one of the preseason, play them both the first quarter. Or hell, do just do quarter by quarter for the first two games. Or as long as the starters are out there. I mean, give, yeah, have them both out there in the first quarter. Baker gets the first drive, Sam gets the second drive. Baker gets the third drive, Sam gets the fourth drive. How many drives you get in the first quarter and be done with it? Then the next time, one guy gets quarter, next guy gets quarter, dress rehearsal. We should already have someone figured out by that point in time that gets the entirety of the first half with the ones. Why are we doing this? It's a great question. It's hard to get into the mind of Matt Rule because he does so many things that are just astoundingly dumb, in my opinion. But I'm still trying to be a believer here and hope that things work out here in year three. I just, I don't understand why we're doing this. Okay, pads come on today, Monday. And I am excited to see what happens. There are a few things to watch and a few questions that need to be answered once the pads do come on this afternoon slash morning on Monday, August 1st. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. All right, the pads come on today on Monday. I guess tomorrow also, since I'm going to post this uh, Sunday evening for the folks out there. As I, I'm going to try to do that, have to show out by 6 p.m. on Sundays after the games and even leading up until we get to week one of the season. But either way, pads coming on on Monday, and I am ready to see what these guys look like once they actually are on pads and get some answers to plenty of questions that we have. Because when you look at the first couple of days, we can hyper-focus on – what the corners look like. Dante looks like he's playing really well. We can try and figure out what the quarterback situation is, the running backs, and all that kind of stuff. But we can't really know until they actually strap it on in practice and then get out there and have the joint practices and then go out and play in a preseason game ahead of the season. Now, a couple of things that I'm looking out for once the pads come on on Monday is, well, first off, let's talk about the quarterback situation. We just talked about it, Sam Darnold. Why on earth is he still getting first-team reps when we know based off of four-year sample size, that he's just not a high-level NFL starter. He's not even an average NFL starter. He is someone who can't stay healthy. 
and just has not shown at all a propensity to be a good starting quarterback in this league, contrary to what he said a couple months ago on a Barstool podcast. Good, self-belief is all great, but we know what it looks like. And as good as Sam looked back in OTA's mandatory minicamp, it still prompted the Carolina Panthers to go out there and to trade for Baker Mayfield. And as good as he's looked so far, and maybe even better than Baker, which should be expected considering he's been in the offense longer, he's been around these receivers longer, and he's getting, like, here's the thing, they're going one day Sam's with the ones, the other day Baker's with the ones. So they can build the same rapport with the same receivers. Okay, well, Baker, who seems to be really connected with DJ Moore, and Sam Darnold does the same thing, and even Rashard Higgins, like, that's great that he's doing that, but you would rather see it every day opposed to, okay, Baker's with DJ Moore this one day, then he's with Brandon Zilstra the next. And that's not the hate on Brandon Zilstra, but, you know, obviously two different guys. One you're actually going to be leaning on once the season comes on, and another player that you really hope you're not having to throw to, like we came into the situation last year when Robbie struggled and Terrace was injured, and it just turned out that Brandon Zilstra was at times the second-best receiver on the team. So we know what it looks like. So the pads are not going to come on for Sam Darnold. We know what he looks like when the pads are off, and we know what he looks like when the pads are on. And he fooled a couple people there in the dress rehearsal last year against the Steelers, but the Steelers weren't playing any of their ones at all, and Sam looked great in that first half. He should have got picked off on one of those throws. One of them, I forgot who dropped it, but um, everyone's just like, oh, my God, Sam Darnold, look at this. Is he going to be this game-changer in Carolina? And he comes out, and he looks good against the Jets, at least for that first half, and then we saw what happened the next two weeks, and then the first quarter or first half of the Dallas game, and then it was all downhill from there. Can Sam Darnold actually replicate that that start? that he had at the beginning of last season before Christian went down. Can he replicate, really, the performance that he had on the road against Tampa? Because I, I didn't think he was bad against Tampa. I thought it was one of his better games in Week 18 when they lost that season finale game against the Buccaneers. Can he carry what he's done this offseason? Blocking out the noise, not really focused on the competition and embracing it and actually being buddy-buddy with Baker, which has made it one of the weirdest quarterback competitions that we've really seen, and we never see them here locally or anywhere in the NFL where it's like actually two guys who have starter experience are battling for the starting job. What's he going to look like? Can Sam Darnold continue to fool us, or maybe is Sam Darnold actually finally turning a corner? We've heard it from Tony Romo. We've heard it from Daniel Jeremiah and plenty of folks out there who love to make excuses for Sam Darnold. And, yeah, sure, he hasn't been in the best situations, but at some point in time, you got to be able to overcome that and make plays and show something for more than a week or two at a time. Can he do that now? I want to see it. I would just love to get a flat-out answer so we can get over uh, get past this quarterback competition that we are all being forced to uh, endure. Also, the offensive line. Okay, we've seen that Brady Christensen's been taking the bulk of the first team reps there at left tackle. We've seen Michael Jordan get opportunities out there. We've seen uh, Pat Elfline and, Brad, and uh, Bradley Bozeman. We've seen all this, all these guys out there so far on the offensive line last week as they try to figure out who their best five are. But a position like that, Really hard to know who your best five is unless you put the pads on. Taylor Moten, going to be there at right tackle. Right guard, Austin Corbett, making way too much money not to be the starter over there. The other three line positions, let's figure it out. Because Matt Rule came out there and said that, you know, right now Brady is ahead of Icky and yada, yada, yada. Okay, will Brady still be ahead of Icky when Icky is able to set the tone 
like the Panthers said he can do and why they drafted him six overall. When the pads come on, is Brady still going to look better than Nicky Aquanu? We'll see. When the pads come on, is Pat Elfline still going to be your first choice at center over Bradley Christian or Brady Christensen or yeah, Bradley Bozeman? Excuse me. Too many Bradys. Too many Bradys on this team. Whatever. Is that still going to be the case? We'll see. That's what I want to see. Has the physical physicality of the offensive line truly changed? Because they got their butts whooped way too many times last year. And we saw those false alarms even in the preseason against the Ravens and against the Steelers when those weren't even their number one units out there on defense. Can now we see the physicality of the offensive line? Has that truly changed this offseason? Have they gotten better at that position group? That's something that we can start to see now when the pads come on on Monday. Another one of the key questions that we have going into the season is, opposite of Brian Burns, who can you rely on? Frankie Louvu is stepping into a quasi-leadership role there in the linebacker group while Shaq Thompson is out, and he's expected to be a starter. They talked all offseason, Matt Rule and Scott Fitter, that they think that Frankie Louvu can indeed be a starter this year. They can take Hassan Reddick's spot. Now, will he have the same production of Hassan Reddick? I don't think anyone's necessarily expecting that, but they think he can be a starter there um, and play some really good football. And in limited snaps last year, he played – some great football, and we hope that will be the case now with the reps going up. Now, reasonably, he's probably not going to play at the same level, but if he does, well, damn, he's going to be an all-pro. I want to see what Frankie Lubu looks like now that the pads are going to go on. Marquise Haynes, what's he going to look like? Where are some of the other linebackers stepping in? What are they going to look like once the pads come on? Can the Panthers actually be better against the run? And speaking of the run, Chris McCaffrey, well, what's – going to be them out like is he gonna be in a red jersey how much contact is he actually going to face the next couple of days and weeks I would imagine none at all you can't risk it so that should ramp up the backup running back position which could even become the starting running back position dependent upon Christian McCaffrey's health this upcoming season Dante Foreman Chuba Hubbard now we'll find out and especially for Dante Foreman someone who's a downhill runner who has more size and physicality than a Chuba Hubbard, this is his chance to separate from Chuba. And it could also be Chuba's chance to show that he's improved as a pass catcher out of the backfield and that maybe that that um, element of his game might be more aligned with what the Carolina Panthers possibly might want to do this season, especially the times where they take Christian McCaffrey off of the field. That's a competition we're going to finally get to see, especially when you have the offensive line right there in front of you who have pads on and are trying to impose their will against the Carolina Panthers defensive line. And speaking of defensive line, Derek Brown, Ito Grosmatos, you know, what do those guys look like? Cut up here when the pads come on on Monday afternoon down there at Wofford College. I talked about the quarterback battle earlier as far as why is Sam still getting one reps when we know – at least from what we've seen in the past, that's probably going to go downhill sooner rather than later. You can ask the same question about Matt Corral and P.J. Walker. Why is P.J. Walker still around? A listener had a question about that that didn't get on the mailbag, and I'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. 
So earlier, I answered a question from Abby, one of our listeners that did not get into the mailbag about why Sam Darnold is even receiving one reps when Baker Mayfield's clearly the better player. He's not been here much. He hasn't been here very long. So you would think that in the best interest of the organization moving forward, that they would just name Baker the starter, get him all the reps with the ones and have him ready to go in what's going to be the revenge game of the century when the Browns come to Bank of America Stadium week one against the Panthers. Why would they not do that? Well, apparently, you know, they're still going to give Sam an opportunity. They traded all that for him last year, and they're, they fixed the offensive line, in theory. We'll see. And they have the receivers back, extended DJ, and yada, yada, yada. And it's a competition. That's what they're trying to do is foster a culture of competition after not doing it last year when they certainly should have, based off of what we had seen from Sam Darnold, at least with Teddy Bridgewater, year one, new head coach. He knew the system. He had shown the year prior in New Orleans with a good running game and a good offensive line that he could win games with you or for you. And they didn't necessarily need competition like with Sam Darnold. Sam absolutely needed to have competition to be pushed last year. They did not do that, and they've coddled him at pretty much every point until this offseason where they didn't really give him a heads up on anything. And they, quite frankly, don't care, but they're still giving him an opportunity to be the starting quarterback this upcoming season, which... I'm not necessarily on board with. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And certainly Abby and many of you out there who have asked me about it are not on board with it either. Now, another thing that is concerning, folks, is the amount of snaps that Matt Corral is getting and really the amount that he's giving away or that it's being given away to P.J. Walker. I'd Cyrus asked me this question uh, through a Twitter DM. It wasn't necessarily for the mailbag. He just asked me, you know, why are they keeping P.J. Walker around when everyone knows there's no chance of him making the final 53? I feel like he's taking valuable reps from Matt Corral, which will hurt his development. How can you decide Corral should redshirt before you even see him in action? And the answer to the last question first is, you know, they, like I said earlier in the show, and I've said multiple times, the Carolina Panthers came out right off the bat and said, with Matt Corral's draft position, that allows us to be patient. We want to take it slow with Matt. We are not trying to have him go out there and be thrown in a position right there out in the fire. Having Sam Darnold, in a way, allow them to do that, and now especially trading for Baker Mayfield and having Darnold Baker Mayfield compete for the quarterback job certainly means that Matt Corral will not be the starter week one and likely won't be the starter at any point this season. Again, we'll see how things pan out, but they don't want him to be the starting quarterback. They want him to learn how to run an NFL offense. They want him to learn the footwork and the mechanics from Ben McAdoo and Sean Ryan and then see where he's at in the offseason heading into 2023 and then decide what they whatever they're going to decide at quarterback also based off what Darnold and really what Mayfield does this upcoming season. It's in a way disappointing that Matt Corral is not going to get those one reps because you would love to see him do that. And at times, as I've read, he's popped out there in Spartanburg. And you wonder – Okay, if he keeps doing that, keeps looking good with the twos and the threes, really, can he get an opportunity to factor into this quarterback competition? Or could he be good enough to maybe he gets rid of one of these guys? Because I, I look at it, it's like, hey, if, if Baker loses the job and Matt Corral is looking good in camp, then Baker could be someone who gets cut. If you think about it, I, I don't think that's going to be the scenario that works out. If there's going to be any of the quarterback competing in the quarterback competition that ends up getting cut, so there's only two, it's going to be Baker, not Sam, because Sam has way too much money on his deal uh, this season 
for that to really make any sense for the Carolina Panthers as far as dead cap goes. And I would have to look also at Baker Mayfield's dead cap when Carolina's carrying, but I would imagine it's still the $5 million or about $4.85 million um, that they decided to pay when they made that deal with Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. But as far as P.J. Walker goes, and, and Jonathan Alexander, who's now at the Houston Chronicle covering the Texans, uh, he told us this a couple months ago back when he was on the pod that the guy who would be odd man out would be P.J. Walker. I had questions on Friday about is there any trade candidates? Could – Maybe the Carolina Panthers trade P.J. Walker for a seventh-round pick, and I think that would be a really good deal for Carolina and for whatever team is out there. Now, the problem is they need to have a backup get injured. Cleveland would have been a team that would make some sense there, but they brought in Josh Rosen as they have Josh Dobbs there as a backup, and they are expecting for Jacoby Brissett to be the starting quarterback for a period of time as they still have no idea how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for this upcoming season. So that's kind of off the board. You'd have to see what injuries occur in training camp or what teams look at their situation and think we'd be better off by bringing in P.J. Walker, someone who's shown in two starts that he can go out there and win you a game. The defensive performances were phenomenal those days, and he had three turnovers in those two games combined. So he's going to show you that he can't take care of the football um, as well as you would like for a backup to do. His job is to go out there. Helped the team win the game, and, well, he went out there and helped the team win the game both against Detroit back in 2020 and on the road last year at Arizona. But as far as right now in training camp, it is a little frustrating in a way that you look at the snaps going the ones and the twos and how Baker and Sam are taking the same amount, and then you get to the reps with the threes. It's like PJ's getting three reps, Matt's getting three reps. PJ's getting five reps, Matt's getting five reps. And you're just kind of wondering yourself, like, I get it. It's not uncommon for the Carolina Panthers to bring four quarterbacks to camp. They did it a couple years ago back when they had Cam and Will Greer and Kyle. I think it was 2019. They had Cam and Will Greer and Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke. Heineke happened to be the odd man out, which is now kind of hilarious considering where Will Greer's at today. Um, same thing even with Kyle Allen and where Heineke, he was the starting quarterback last year in Washington. He's clearly, the and of all, all those guys since then, he's had the best career. And that's unfortunate with Cam and his injury. So it's not uncommon to see a team bring four quarterbacks. Now, what is interesting, though, is that they would draft a quarterback who has far different expectations than Will Greer had. I know there was the psychopaths out there and the worst among us who were saying that Will Greer was going to come in here and was going to take Cam Newton's job in the future, which is insanity. And, of course, never happened. He's not taking anybody's job, period, in the National Football League other than maybe a practice squad job. So great call there for the folks out there that thought that was going to happen. But Matt Corral's brought in here with the thought that he could actually compete and be the starting quarterback one day. I don't think it's going to be this season, but next year – all bets are on the table, and that is a possible and viable scenario that could happen. So with that being the thought of what the Panthers are doing here, it is a reasonable question from Cyrus, and I'm sure from others of you asking, why is P.J. Walker here taking his reps? doesn't make a lot of sense to you, does it? Because it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to me at all. If I'm Scott Fitterer, I know timing's important, and demand is obviously important. But I'm on the phone. I'm talking about, hey, we got this guy, P.J. Walker. What can we do? Can we get a conditional seventh-round pick? Can we figure something out where you guys could use him? Because we got a young guy. We want to give him as many reps as possible. While well, we got this thing going on with Baker and Sam, and we know that we, can, we already traded for Baker. We know we can't trade Sam without giving up a bunch. You think, is P.J. someone that you're interested in? Good guy. Works hard. 
can come in and win you a game in a, in a spot start if you need him. Is that something you're interested in? That's what I think Scott Fitterer should be doing right now. I'm not saying – I don't know. Maybe he is doing that right now. But as far as just the development of Matt Corral, I don't know if you should be so concerned about it right now in the preseason as what really matters most is what's going on with Baker and Sam and really Baker taking over the quarterback job as soon as possible and getting as many reps so he can be on the same page with these guys heading into week one. Um, but it's more so once you get into the season. I brought this up before. Trey Lance threw so many – Balls last year in practice that the 49ers had to shut him down this offseason. That's how many reps he got in practice last year. Will Matt Corral be afforded the same opportunity this upcoming season? When Baker wins the job, is Sam Darnold going to be taking all those two reps, or is Matt Corral going to be able to, to at least split those or just take him over, period? Are they going to be more focused on keeping Sam Darnold as sharp as possible or developing Matt Corral? That's when we should really be wondering what's going on here. That is the time where we'll get some answers. But as far as right now, yes, good question about P.J. Walker and why he's still here. But this is not the time, I think, to get too upset about the development of Matt Corral and whether it's been stunted by someone who won't be on the roster in a couple weeks' time. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know where to go. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter for every single Friday. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in this week's Friday mailbag, make sure to at me at Julian Council on Twitter or DM me at Julian Council on Twitter. But first, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, be healthy, all of that stuff. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all on Tuesday.